0: I was thinking about, I feel like a relatively inexperienced podcaster, but I've been podcasting for, since 2011. So this is my 10th year podcasting. And I still, every week, feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. So, you know, like, before, I would, you know, be like, uh, oh, uh, hello, and welcome to Remain Seated, please, and, and something like that. But uh, what I would say to you now <laughs> is, this is Jimmy Eat Pod. I was so excited and itching, in the itching car. Itching to get that one out. I was so excited <laughs> in my car when I thought of that. So
1: oh man, excellent. There excellent. it is. Oh, I gotta
0: turn that off now. Um uh so oh, what a banger. But before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping. Um yes. <clears throat> uh, obviously, uh the country's in turmoil. Um, I was like hoping because we sort of had already scheduled the song uh before there was an insurrection at the Capitol. But I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if uh if the song we were doing this week unintentionally had some sort of like cool line? And there really wasn't anything except for like throw out your arms, which I tweeted today, <laughs> like completely out of oh, yeah. context. <laughs> it means one other thing. But um uh yeah what a mess. Uh and uh there's nothing we can really say, I guess beyond that. Um uh outside of that, did you see Uh, today, or was it yesterday, uh, somebody in the Facebook group has started making cross-stitch album art.
1: Yes, I Uh, did.
0: I wish I had, instead of writing down cross-stitch album art, wrote down her name. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm sure we can find it relatively quickly. I'm scrolling so quickly. Uh, Um, uh, But uh, my favorite part was that she had said that she listened to many hours of the pod while making it. It's uh I'll give you a china hint. danger wells it's her middle name is danger <laughs> is that's so danger tight. that's so tight um, yeah and they look great too so good uh I'm excited to see how she pulls off invented <laughs> or uh, not, uh or surviving <laughs> oh yeah no kidding a little maze <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then uh there was a uh giveaway I was trying to follow so uh i'm trying to What's nice is the community is very active, Um, but it makes it difficult when you're like, oh, I saw that one thing and uh, oh, I forgot to write down the link, but I'll scroll and find it real quick and you're not going to. Um, Oh, uh, I will say that Sherry Van Hoogenstein had uh, done a little post for our Here You Me episode in the group, so that was very much appreciated. Um, Yeah. And it's nice to know like Sherry's a name we see, I feel like a lot in the group. She's got the Jimmy Eat World license plate. Uh, and uh, we were able to bring some context to that song uh, that even she was unaware of. So that was really nice. I found. Um,
1: yeah, it's always I always appreciate when somebody, even though you you they might be a long time, long time fan, that you can still uh, you can still show them something or demonstrate or teach them something or explain something to them that's brand new, and it affects them. It's not just that hey, that's a neat thing, but when. When you read something that uh that that uh, gets them in their heart, that's I appreciate that and and her putting it into words was even better,
0: yeah, absolutely um and so always always nice to see that we are uh reaching uh folk uh especially yes. like you know not everybody needs to be commenting on things or you know what i mean to to know that they are involved in listening um so sometimes I feel like we get a little caught up with um uh, the discourse and uh i suppose that could go uh without saying across the entire <laughs> uh um most everything is that not everybody is uh actively involved but they are participating right um, right so uh oh uh amy tj Carone, um who is like like i feel like uh every every time she's posted in the group like a selfie or something like that she's got a new piece of jimmy Eat world merch she raised some money uh for a do you remember what it was at neva um uh she was trying to help raise money for a charity that is helping musical artists uh that jimmy eatworld had posted about and then with those donations she entered people in a giveaway and auctioned off uh a uh, didn't auction but uh but but was able to give away uh, some VIP meet and greet tickets to oh, yeah the uh, to the um the phoenix sessions so I thought that was really really cool um, and uh, I'm <laughs> you would think that I had uh, well I have that up I have that one up this is uh, from Lily Brooke
1: uh, in that thread congratulations to the winner um, oh yeah who was what was the winner's yeah. name? Was it Lily? Uh, Lily Brook.
0: Oh okay great. Well yes congratulations Lily. And then speaking of the Phoenix sessions uh, it it is nigh. I still don't know what we're going to, to say to the band, but tomorrow we are virtually meeting and greeting. Well, Susie and yeah. I are virtually meeting and greeting the band, and you will be doing that on Wednesday. Um, so uh, very excited. Uh, slightly nervous. Slightly. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I am. Yeah, I'm a I'm a day after
1: you, and I'm I'm uh slightly nervous. We're gonna yeah. use the word slightly like that. Uh. After this episode, I did want to, you know, I want to powwow with you about what we're gonna do. But yes. uh, whatever it is, I'm sure it's gonna go great. It's gonna be fun, and we're gonna. Ho- I just, my goal is to make them laugh. At, at least one of them. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, if yeah. I get all four to laugh, I'll, I'll uh, die a happy man.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I guess I'm finding, uh, myself now thinking, what would I say to them now? <laughs> is what I'll be thinking tomorrow <laughs> when uh, the call is connecting. Uh, So this is, do you have any more housekeeping? No, I don't. Great. Um, This is a absolute top 10 for me. Um, I fell in love with this on the singles album when I got that. And it's from a split seven inch they did with the band J June, who we've joked about Mm -hmm. being J (laughs) June. And I feel like even when we joked about that, we never actually listened to J June. I listened to J June today. Uh, their track that's on this split seven inch and it's terrific. Uh, well they yes. have two tracks, but yeah, um, so good. Uh, early we'll, stars, early stars. Yes. Um, I figure we would listen to a little bit of that today. Um, yeah. And then this was also released as a bonus track with seventy seven satellites for the Static Prevails repress. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I'll have a ton of. It was repressed in 2007 for the first time. And then it was repressed twice in 2014 and then once in 2016. So lots and lots of represses. Specifically, what's interesting about the represses is starting with the singles album in Japan, which was released August 23rd, 2000. This song was called What I Would Say to You Now and then got typoed, we think, to What Would I Say to You Now? Which is still a complete sentence, but a very different sentiment to what I would say to you now. And what what does the title make you think, uh, when the original title, what I would say to you now?
1: What I would say to you now, um, uh, I think what it makes me think in my head is that somebody is going through a situation and they are um, getting a second chance maybe in their head. Like if they, if they could make an argument go differently or make the way that their relationship ended go differently, this is what I would say to you now. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of what I'm saying is like, is it more of like a second chance, but it's a formula. It's uh, it's not really an actual second chance. It's something that's um, in somebody's mind. That's what I get from it.
0: Yeah. I think the same. And I, I feel like it's a little more spiteful than that. I'm thinking of an argument that ends with, uh, uh, let's say Jim, the protector, the, the, the speaker um, storming out of the apartment, getting in the car, driving away at night. And at that point, it's just you. 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 You don't have anybody else there to argue with. And maybe you think of all the good points you could and should have had in the argument when you were still at the house. But now you're just in your car driving away and you're recounting all of the amazing quips that you could come back with. <laughs> Um, Yeah exactly Because you're really replaying Oh I wish I
1: would have said that
0: Exactly You're you're replaying everything they said to you right And so you're replaying that And thinking of 10 other better responses Than what you actually said Which probably made you sound like a complete ass Um, So that's what I see And then conversely What would I say to you now Feels like uh, What you would What you would Express to that person A week later when you're making up And you say oh I really said Some shitty things And um and you're trying to Come up with the In your apology trying to come up with the Things to say to make it better Right um as opposed To the what I would say to you now Is either a a more Pithy response a pithy Retort if you (laughs) Um, (laughs) will Or uh or you know Something more spiteful and I feel like because the song is originally called What I Would Say to You Now, um, uh, because that's the way it is on the June seven inch um, it and the way that Jim is singing, it feels like that more spiteful thing is what the intention is.
1: Right. Yeah, I would agree. I think the your word, your words, uh, spiteful and pithy are a great way to describe that. I couldn't really think of another word to describe it, but it's more of a an an instant response. Uh, to somebody, when with the uh, the order of what I would say to you now, but what would I say to you now? Um, it seems more of like I'm I'm the person who's in the in the wrong. It's my fault. Um, how am I going to make things better? Mm-hmm. And it's it's less it's it's got less um, anger, less energy. It's more of a let's now that things have cooled down. Yeah. What what well, would it I turns, say to you now?
0: Yeah, it turns the what into a question, and we go back to our original yeah, uh, exactly our original preview with the Linda Ellerby thing what I would say to you now is more of a threat whereas what, would I say to you now, uh, is a question. And so, yeah. yeah, track three of 11 on the singles album. I guess if you're thinking of the June split, it's track three of four. Um, in Japan, it was track six of 14 on the singles album. It's like the singles album in Japan is a completely different thing. Um, so much so they renamed the song. Um, and on Static Prevails, it's track 14 of 14 on the deluxe edition or something. Right. Um,
1: and that's the one that I had access to. And, in fact, in in demonstrating this to Lindsay, she goes, what are you doing tonight? And so I told her the track, and I, I asked Alexa. I said, Alexa, play uh, What what I Would Say to You Now by Jimmy World. And uh, she goes, this is some sizzling hot. And it's some other song. She didn't hear <laughs> me. So then I said it clearer, and then she repeated back, what would I say to you now? And sure enough, the track listing 14 static prevails bonus track version is what would I say to you now? So that one even carries the the, the typo.
0: Yeah. There. And, and and so I did this. Remember last week I was like, oh, hey, I dug into the ASCAP information, which we've never done before. Yeah. Well, I went back to that. Well, and would you believe they have even registered the typo version? I'm assuming so if it gets played whatever version of the song gets played they're getting paid <laughs> whatever gets played they which get paid Which is great paid. Um yeah so there are two entries for Jimmy Eat World what would i say to you now which is work ID 881657990 and then there's what i would say to you now which is work ID 533093377 two completely different ASCAP entries which is uh I mean, that was the most telling that they that both versions are correct. And my guess, based off of a con off of a clue that we got that we'll discuss later in the show, my guess is that it was uh, it, it was a mistake that they were just like, well, it, the worst. What are we going to do? We're going to pull all the records and, and reprint them all or do we just register the song right. again? So. My right. guess is that they just registered the song. That I don't have a direct answer to. Uh, did you see who this was produced by? Yes. So uh, this kind of goes onto that that tweet
1: because I saw in that tweet Steve Rivet. All right. Ah,
0: that was the first time you saw it. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. So I searched for Steve Rivet and I and I came across. I had to actually go into Discogs and search for this. Yeah. So I look at Steve Rivet and I and I look at. There's four entries on Air Library. Uh, the Uneventful unevent- Vacation 1997. That doesn't look like anything that Jimmy World's done. And then Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri. Oh. So something was definitely off. And it wasn't until I can't remember exactly where I had seen it. I, I want to say it was in an article, but I found out that it was Steve Revitt. Oh. So it's Steve R E V I T T E. Once I popped his name into Discogs, then he, the huge discography came back. Uh, and, and his, uh, all the stuff that he's done. So, um uh, even, even in that tweet, it, he, there was a typo there. <laughs> Zach ironically. Zach was in charge. of. Are yeah, you saying yes. Zach was
0: in charge of submitting the track names to the, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe I don't want to make any broad, you know, assumptions here, but, uh, if he's, if he's already got two typos yeah. in that, uh, in that tweet, maybe, my favorite thing maybe. is this
0: guy worked on the screen two soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the, uh, yeah. So
1: that. I have him down as it, not, not, not uh, not Larry El yeah, uh, but Steve Revit right.
0: I love I love this one off. I mean, we think of Jimmy Eat World as Mark Trombino on right, but there's these earlier tracks like this, which was I mean it was released in '97, so it was after they recorded Static Prevails and and all of that, so they already knew. Uh, Mark Trombino, yet for some reason, while in New York, they hooked up with this guy, Steve Revet. Um, And there's something about this and speed read, which is the other song on the split seven inch that feel very New York to me. Like yeah. I understand that they very much probably wrote this song and speed read in their studio back in Tempe. And, but Andrew McMahon had, had always said, I want to say with Jack's mannequin that he always wanted to do a New York record that he felt like he had an LA record. He wanted to do a New York record. And with his project, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, he finally did his New York record. Um, And it does have like all these things that sort of, you know, with that context of knowing that the song, that the album, that an album was recorded in New York, you can kind of assign these visuals to it. And I kind of get that feeling from both of these tracks. Um, so I just found it interesting that this guy who he's credited as the engineer, but there's no one else listed as a producer. So the engineer is the person that, you know, is setting up the gear or, in yeah. the studio and, and sort of man, manning the the console and things. So in a way he probably produced it with the band. Like maybe he didn't have any creative input. It was very much like setting up things, Um And we don't know if they recorded it live or if they record, you know, if they tracked it, Um, right? But, uh, but yeah. uh, And then, so as you were
1: mentioning that that New York sound, uh, I was trying to look up to see if uh, if Steve Revit had any association with Glassjaw. Do you remember when we were looking at one of our earlier tracks? And I wanted it was Mike Dubin. He he had that really good uh, recording of them playing at the Bowling. I want to say it was. Was it the?
0: Oh yeah, that comes up again. Uh, this week, right. right. So he's a that fo- weird yellow so photographer room, too.
1: Right? Yeah, and yeah, maybe it was that one. No, no, it was it was a different uh, it was a different recording of them and Tom singing most of the stuff. But I was looking into Mike's stuff, and he's actually a photographer, and that's how he gets up. And he knows um, mm. he knows Chris Caraba really well. We saw pictures of him, but okay. he also has this really one of his favorite pictures is of this early early glass jaw show. And but when you made when you made the comment about that New York sound, my mind immediately went to Glassjaw, which is from they're from Hempstead, New York, and totally falls in line. That same type of, you know, and this sound was going on their early years, 93 to 98, right around then. So, yeah, it 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 all falls in line with that kind of uh, grittier, uh, it's syncopated yeah. kind of sound.
0: It's funny. Now I'm looking at Steve for other credits. I went to the second page. He's got f- two beastie boys he worked on hello nasty and uh the body moving single which i think is on hello nasty um yeah body moving is on hello nasty so uh yeah he worked on hello nasty uh which is insanely new york and then he did do mindless self indulgence uh which was like a record we listened oh my to in gosh. high school
1: um so okay real quick um real quick the story about that i was at the target in town and saw a a mixed cd with the written in 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 uh, i think it was sharpie ink says Atwater on it that's all it said i picked uh-huh. it up cuz i was intrigued popped it in and uh, mindless self indulgences jimmy page was track 1 uh-huh and what i i didn't know what to expect that was kind of like i, I don't even know how to how to describe msi if they're hardcore post hardcore what but it was such a
0: weird yeah. I don't know. Just kind of a weird exposure. <laughs> I I, only, I don't remember any names of any songs. All I remember is them saying, play that record backwards. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, I, I hate remember, Jimmy
1: Page. That's what it was. Oh,
0: I remember my buddy, Ryan, that uh, played in Last Off the Bus with me. He was really like legit into them. And I was like, I mean, I like this one song. OK, but like I'm OK with you don't have to play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, that's Steve Revett they recorded this at the rare book room in brooklyn so uh, uh i went to their website and they look to still be around rbr-studio.com but really it's just a photo of like some records on a shelf uh, after over 20 <laughs> oops after over 20 years in greenpoint williamsburg yeah. the studio has shut its doors for good well exactly opposite what i just said uh we want to thank everyone who right. trusted us over the years to turn the music they heard in their minds and hearts into the amazing records we got to make together please come back here for news about the new studio sand to snow which i'm building in southern california um so i looked i looked up
1: sand to snow and it doesn't yet exist i couldn't find looking back in the archive i couldn't find how far back this note showed up if it was something you know from 2020 uh, or if it was from previous i think the way uh, that squarespace works it's a little funky uh, I was able to go back a couple of years and see it where that message wasn't there, and and you can see you can get to the instruments page, mm-hmm. and you can get to the setup, which is kind of cool seeing what they had all the software and the hardware they had set up in there. But I did look for Santa Snow, uh, and there's nothing listed out here. But what I did find is that there is a Santa Snow monument uh, that's you know we've talked about San Bernardino so much, but if you're looking at a map, it's uh, there's the San Bernardino mountains with big bear in them. And then t- to its East, that's where the sand snow monument is. So I'm wondering if this guy, Nicholas Vernis that ran this place is his, his idea of Southern California. He's, he's going to be in this area, like San Bernardino, not I, my, mm. my mind went to San Diego, you know, it's like where all the musicians go, but sure. Or long beach, but maybe this guy uh, is going or is going to be setting up shop somewhere in the, uh,
0: in that area. Of Southern
1: California. Who knows? But I couldn't find anything listed unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, well dang. I, it's funny cuz I saved some of these links. I was like, "Oh, I'll open them live on the show." So <laughs> uh I tried to vamp and then I fa- I fall on my face. Um so <laughs> song's written by Jimmy Eat World, uh sung by Jim. Uh I wrote label capital, but really as far as I could tell, it's like
1: big wheel, right?
0: Yeah, big wheel because big wheel put out the singles album. I wrote capital, I think, because I had written "Static Prevails" first. Um, yeah, and uh, and uh, so yeah, big wheel put out the. Did they put out the Jujune seven inch as well as the singles compilation?
1: Uh, do I have that one up? Oh, you know what? I'm li- I'm I've got it right here. It is that was put out by yeah big wheel yeah
0: okay. And, uh, I guess, yeah, I did pull up the, uh, web archive of Jimmy Eat World's website when they had this on their discography page. And yeah, it does say, label Big Wheel Recreation. Notes, this is a split seven inch with a great band from San Diego called J-June. Each band contributes two songs. Released, they put January 1st, 97. Um, but, uh. But yeah, I did pull up the Wayback Machine so I could get that information. (laughs) I remember they used to have that cool, like they used to have little details like that on their site. Um, So notable high note is A4, and they did not have a notable low note, but he really does sing in his upper register on this one.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: And they've played it 59 times. The first time uh, on set list the FM anyway was March 8th, 97 at Michigan Mind Over Matter Festival and then most recently they played it at the rebel lounge which was their like 25th anniversary as a band show uh and that was uh, Valentine's Day 2019 okay um
1: go ahead uh, no no i was just wondering i was trying to time it with uh, clarity uh times 10 or clarity x10 tour but uh, that, yeah, one's that was much more recent 2019 yeah yeah
0: so 10 years i guess even before that yeah um this is interesting I found a bunch of people talking about that this was an open E tuning song. Um It is. Okay, cool. Yeah, what do you know about that? So, open E tuning, uh if anyone's
1: ever familiar with a bar cho- or a, yeah, bar chord, is the idea is you have this shape with three fingers that you can run up and down the neck. And so, this open E is essentially just three notes that you could you could play with your three fingers and they've locked in the guitar to those three notes. So it's uh, from low to high. And I I always go backwards because I go from the high to low. So I'm going to go from the the bottom of the the neck up to, so the, the smallest string to the biggest string is E, B, G sharp, E, B, E. Oh. So they're essentially, t- you know, and when we, go, I was going to ask you when we go through these and they're playing this live, uh, I'm assuming that they're in the middle of a set. And it's not like it's super hard to change. But I, I would think that they would have a guitar that is already set to have that tuning. Yeah. Because then they're going to have to change it out. This this is the first time I've ever seen any kind of open tuning set up um, in uh, for Jimmy World to play. Right. Right. And, and, and did and, you
0: see me on the Reddit? I said, that explains Tom's open E guitar in the rig rundown. Yes. There you go. It's so funny. I was like, oh, somebody had mentioned that it was in rig rundown. That somebody was me 10 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the idea behind it is what the
1: reason why you do that is instead of sitting there with those three fingers and using your your uh, index to be like the uh, the bar uh, moving up and down is now you can freely move up and down the neck and even better is you can you can leave those strings open and I think that our our resident music expert is going to touch on this but you can play a couple of strings that are higher or lower on the neck and it's almost like a, a level of um, it's not too dissonant. there's not like a cacophony it's it's not like that but it does give a very edgy sound to it and I, that's exactly what they achieved with this uh in addition to the the way that they play them that that chunks the
2: junk 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 oh, really feeds
1: well into this uh and it also reminded me, David, of the the most obscure tuning that I have ever used on a guitar can you can you remember? First of oh. all, have you ever done any kind of obscure tuning?
0: Uh, the dashboard tuning, uh, D open D flat. Okay, yeah, open D flat. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be it's you're like D A D G B D or no, right. uh- no D A D and then whatever that fourth string is something weird. But usually, I just keep playing it open until it sounds right.
1: <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> and.
1: Uh, that one, that one, you can kind of tune down a little bit. There might be a couple of notes you tune up. The strangest one that I remember was "Black Balloon." Uh, Baby's
0: black balloon.
1: Yes, and it's I I, I want to say it's open C sharp wow. tuning, and there is one. There is one note that I—it still makes me cringe because it just goes ding 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 ding, <laughs> ding 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 ding, and it's so much higher than that note should be. That string should yeah, be. Yeah, you know and that I, you're it, snap it was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But once you get all those six strings in line, man, it's pretty cool because then you can just play one or two strings almost like, uh almost as if you were playing um octaves. But yeah, and it just sounds so full. Nice. You know, yeah. So that's that's what they're doing with this. It's open E, so you get a different sound. And and when we get to covers, I want to show you. There's some really cool covers that that uh, highlight how this is tuned. Nice. So yeah, I, think so I know the open one. E. Yeah, he's way up high. Uh, Jim sings up high. I tried to sing it before you and I had signed on, and I couldn't even get up there, man.
0: Yeah, you kind of have to like get the gravel in your voice, like he's got. Yeah. Um, and then we'll hear how he's adapted to it over the years, uh, and how he sings yeah. it a little differently now. Um, it's E major key, 12 B Camelot, 234 duration, 168 BPM. Um, and yeah, we have not track. only, not only one, but two demos, which is yeah. just so fun. Um, do you want to, uh, dig into lyrics and then dig into the demos? Yeah, let's do that. I've got the lyrics up and ready to go. Okay. We're in our car. Uh, we're, we're driving. Uh, <laughs> we're pissed. Uh, it's <laughs> night. And, and go yeah and this is this is what i would say to you now okay yes. <laughs>
1: uh all right so the the verse starts out like this it's it's very uh it's short it's 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 a short song we've got two verses and then a, a chorus
0: and an extended chorus verse yeah. one goes oh and i love still that sti- he starts on the and oh yeah <laughs> he doesn't start on the one the the still uh, right. is it, on it, the it, and one uh, and. right yeah
1: because you can hear one little one little beat and then still sitting there yeah uh, so up. still so, sitting there with your legs crossed, not paying attention to me. Uh, you're off. Just you're doing your own thing. If, if it was, if it was these days, it would be you're on your phone. You're not even. You don't even care that I'm here. Uh, you're not. You, you don't mind. You, you, I'm. I'm essentially invisible. That's how I get this. Is that uh, legs crossed? I think that's also a uh, body language that yeah. you're, you're not really interested. Okay, not paying attention to me. If we talk. And in, in a, the parenthetical here, if we talk, just curious, would this end up like it always does? So it's that, you know, you mentioned pithy and, and sort of, sar- I don't know if you've mentioned sarcastic,
0: but that's the vibe I'm getting from this is if we talk, just curious, would yeah. this end up like it always does? Now, you know, what's crazy is up until I would say five years ago, I 100 percent referred to this song as just curious Um just oh, yeah, for some reason I thought that was the name of this song based off of what I don't know. Like, I guess I only ever had the CD in a sleeve like I didn't really carry around the the case, you know, the, the sleeve with uh, the right the liner notes with me. And I just thought Just Curious was such a cool title. And especially like I love songs that this isn't one of them, I guess. What kind of is, though? I love songs that take. The smallest throwaway line of the song, and that's the name of it. Now, the name right. of the song isn't even said in the song, so that's even cooler, too. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I always thought the song was called Just Curious based <laughs> off of what? I don't know. I guess I just loved how he threw that in. It seems like a like a, like a lyrical jab. Right, and
1: easy to remember, too. Yeah. Just Curious is much easier to, than uh, trying to fumble out with what I would say to you now, and, and your, your mind also wants to say what would I say to you now, and which yeah. one am I... So yeah, Just Curious, way easier.
0: Yeah, it seems so spiteful Uh, that
1: Just Curious. It's so vengeful. Like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. If we talk, Just Curious, would this end up like it always does? Uh, So yeah, they're they're sitting around, not paying attention to each other. And if we were to talk, I'm wondering, is it gonna be like it always, is it gonna end up like it always does with us? Uh, And then we go into the chorus where I have a couple of additional things that I put in parentheses. Uh, I hear him saying, it's all the wrong I've done. Yes. Even though I think on uh it was genius had it listed as all the wrong I've done. So it's all the wrong I've done. All the wrong I'll do keeps I'm me from trying. <laughs> it keeps me quiet. And the mistakes I've made and the mistakes I'm bound to make and it, it I'm getting a vibe that somebody is has lacks some self-confidence and maybe they're not they're not standing up for themselves and that's what worrying about all the th- the mistakes that he has made and the ones that he could potentially make. You know, that's what keeps me from trying. That's what keeps me quiet. I don't want to I don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to um you know, I don't want to bring up old problems that you, you know, eventually we're just going to have to we're going to end up going through these again. It just seems like this is kind of one of those cycles and this person is uh, unfortunately in a position where they're not strong. Yeah. And uh yeah, so after it keeps me from trying, it keeps me quiet. Have a little musical break, and then it goes into uh throw out your arms to each side. Now, do you do you you can you can visualize the body motion there? Yeah, uh, palms up. I, very right? angels and airways. I I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like a, a very like a shrug, a big shrug, mm, throwing mm-hmm, out your. Mm-hmm. I mean that or. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of that. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's kind of what what are we gonna do? The old, yeah. Sorry, I guess, sorry, I guess I th-
0: th- I'm thinking of uh, performing the song. Like I imagine, like how Tom DeLonge, oh has, yeah, angels oh, and is always like like he's fucking <laughs> flying and shit. Yes. <laughs> Although Jim does some, uh, he does this little dance in this that I love so much uh, that you'll see in one of the live videos. It's like one. Of I don't my know if I things. noticed it. I'm oh, excited it, to see it's, this. It's like one of them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh so in this verse palms up why try uh yeah. it's easier to let things go let's just let's just not talk we'll just you know let's, let's not uh make things any worse than they already are uh and then i have a couple of extra words in here an and and a yeah but and when we talk yeah think what we say yeah there's there's questions then silence and in silence we remain oh man i like that one that one gives yeah. me a little bit of some some chills there and when we talk Yeah, think what we say, colon. There's questions, then silence, and in silence we remain. So they never seem to answer anything. There's always a question. Why did you do this? And why why don't you do this for me anymore? And you used to be like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, in silence we remain. So that's where we're back to. And then uh, the chorus comes back, but it's a little bit different this time. Yeah. Right? So in the first one, we had four lines with all the wrong I've done, all the wrong I'll do keeps me from trying, it keeps me quiet. But this one, uh, we're missing that last line there. So it's all all the wrong I've done and all the wrong I'll do. It keeps me from trying, keeps me from calling you. It, again, I think there's like a fear of impending failure and low vibes of low confidence throughout this. And anger, frustration. Because if you're, it's tough to be in a position where you, you, you're aware, you're self-aware or you're aware of your own, um, inability to just take charge to be the alpha and it's frustrating and you lash out, but it's almost like those situations where they look back at you and go, that's not your personality. You don't yeah. talk to me like that. And then they've one up you and now they're the head of the conversation again. Yeah. Um. So just that's, that's what I'm gathering is there's a little, there's a lot of frustration, but then there's also uh, uh, confidence issues. And yeah. the second half of this course is something and maybe this is the, is there, uh, when they're Yeah, they're I, don't back I, wrote, <laughs> well, I don't know, it's not a
0: bridge. I wrote coda? I don't know what a it coda is, be. but it, it, it's like a, they're building off of the chorus, and then it it explodes at the end. So yeah, I don't know what, what to call this. Maybe a coda is a good way, or, um yeah, not necessarily like an Co- outro. Uh, I uh, here, here's what works. coda, the concluding passage of a piece or movement typically forming an addition to the basic structure. Dude, I fucking nailed it. You got it.
2: The goddamn coda.
0: Coda. So here we
1: go. The coda, uh, these four lines, I feel like this is where they're finally getting a little more confidence is something I just found out, something you know by now. And now maybe he's got her attention at this point. Something you know by now. Hope makes you so strong. Strength keeps you alone and far away. And maybe she's the one that's going to end up isolating herself. That he's still interested in her. Um... But she still wants nothing to do with him, and I, you could read it a couple ways. Hope makes you so strong; strength keeps you alone and far away. Uh, I got the visualization of somebody, like a guy, looking in a store window at somebody that's out of his league uh-huh. and still kind of still interested in. Doesn't know why, like maybe even infatuated, but is just so out of their league uh, that they they can't do anything about it, and they're just sitting there, sort of wondering pondering what's going to happen. I mean, and the strength keeps you alone and far away could be, um, you're so much bigger and better than I am, or it's that your strength and your, I don't know, brashness is going to, is going to keep you alone and far away from me and from other people. It's going to isolate you from your next relationship. You're just, you're unapproachable.
0: Yeah. This is interesting. So all the wrong I've done, all the wrong I'll do keeps me from trying, keeps me from calling you. So, everything that he's never going to do i know we covered this but i'm i'm tying it into a, a theory i have about the coda all the shit that this person tells him he's going to do wrong anyway is only building up his confidence to call her when he knows he shouldn't right remember we're driving away angry from a conversation he's thinking of all the things he would have said right <laughs> right and the coda is very- him coming out of that argument in his head and the last two lines are him talking to himself so something i just found out something you know by now that's the end of the mental argument that's the transition from the mental argument to him sitting alone driving away angry in the car hope makes you so strong he's hyping himself up strength keeps you alone and far away from implication is that toxic relationship
1: right maybe um that could very well work. We we know that uh, that Jim likes to do a lot of uh, visualizations where uh, there's conversations in the head, uh, and I love the way that you that you've staged this to where this is a, an argument and this is all going through their head because there's so many times I'm sure you and I could remember where you just want that you wish you would have said those perfect words, and this just especially now that that we've labeled this as a coda, it's just so fitting. Uh, your analysis there is that hope makes you strong. Strength keeps you alone and far away. It's just that reaffirmation.
0: And then you got 30 seconds of feedback and amazingness. Oh, man. Um, It's so good. I remember I have a vivid memory of listening to this on the school bus. And usually I would just hit play and I loved opener and I'd let singles play all the way through. And something, I think I was playing it for a friend of mine. And he was like oh this is very noisy this part and i was like what and i put it on and i was like kind of coming out of context just listening to the staticky feedback uh, you know the 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 feedback there uh and i was like what is this and i have this very vivid memory and that was like the first time i ever remember like hearing the song and then ever since yeah. then i always think of that during this feedback outro is that sitting sitting on crenshaw in my school bus <laughs> Uh, playing this <laughs> record for my friend and him saying it's a little noisy.
1: <laughs> well, you could turn it down. Yeah, but it was you probably just uh, turn it, it down. was probably
0: on Adams and Crenshaw at the time in nineteen wow uh, two thousand one. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, there it is. Ah, uh, what a jam. Um. Yeah. I oh I pulled up. Remember we talked about this very very early. One of my favorite things about that singles record is that they had these blurbs about songs and putting them into context. And we added to the website the liner notes to the, I mean, we've added, what's great is we've added all the liner notes that we've amassed over time to the website on the discography page. Right. So I almost went to Google Drive and I was like, no, we have this on our website. I'm just going to read this from our discography page on the website. <laughs> what What I would say to you now written out correctly on the U.S. pressing of the singles record, and speed read. And here's the notes that were written here. Recorded and mixed by Steve Ravette at the Rare Book Room, Big Wheel Recreation 0708. I don't know what 0708 is referring to. I think that might be like the catalog number for the record label. So Big Wheel Recreation release 0708. Um, I could check Discogs, but that's not all that important. During a stay in Denver, Carrie McDonald showed us a band called Jejun. He had seen them while he was a roadie for The Promise Ring. He had a tape of demos, which were later released as junk on Big Wheel Recreation. Carrie <laughs> told us they lived in Boston. We were touring constantly, but still not playing for many people. At our first show, playing the Che Cafe in San Diego, I saw a guy with a Jejun shirt on. It wasn't hard to pick him out because (laughs) there were perhaps eight people there. (laughs) I told him, hey, that band rules. And he said, oh, dude, I'm in that band. (laughs) That's how we met Joe. We kept touring and met Arabe, Chris, and their friend Rama Mayo, who was starting a record label. Rama later asked us to do a split record with Jejun. These are the two songs from that seven inch. I love those stories that they have on the notes from the singles, because I mean, think about it. This was released 23 years ago and has been played 60 times. So like really not that much play on this song. And it was recorded in New York with a guy on a seven inch. You know what I mean? Like it it wasn't made to be a a huge single. However, they were still a, a pretty small band that was on Capitol but uh, really not, you know, it's not sweetness, the middle, Jimmy. World. Right. This is, you know. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just love those like context stories. Uh, and this band seems really good at doing those types of things. Um, as I said, Static Prevails was re-released in 2007 with 77 satellites. And what would I say to you now um, as the thing? So it made me go back and find the first. Pressing uh, where it was misspelled and that was on that Japanese version of the uh, single CD. But this is what I did find interesting on the Static Prevails repressing and any other pressing that I guess really only Static Prevails is where it was released, is that the song is very specifically credited as being mixed by Mark Trombino on... Discogs at least I don't own a copy of Static Prevails on vinyl But I opened up Every Static Prevails pressing That has this song on it And it very specifically says Tracks blah 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 And 14 mixed by Mark Trombino So it made me go So is there a different mix Of this song? And as far as I could tell I listened Apple Music has the same thing They have the bonus track version of Static Prevails Available and it's the exact same uh-huh. Mix as what's on the singles record. Maybe if I open up like a spectral anal- analysis, I would <laughs> see something different, but there is no oral differences to the two tracks. But I do find it interesting that sort of like Steve Rivet hit uh, outside of the singles album and the tweet we got today has been lost to history by whoever keeps repressing static prevails.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, should we listen to some demos? Let's listen to some demos, man. Okay, so very important. Let's listen to demo one because it sounds about how we would expect a demo of the song to sound.
1: Okay, so here we go. Well, uh, what I would say to you now, the demo. Still This is, uh, and so it, it had a lot of drag in the beginning, nothing. And, but it, 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 sounded pretty much aside from the quality, it's a little muffled, but it sounds so much, I mean, so good, so clean. The guitar, I mean, for it being a demo, man, it's, it's, it was pretty well, uh, fleshed out as far as, uh, d- musically speaking.
0: Oh yeah. So I'm looking at somebody named Ceilings and Floors on YouTube has quote unquote remastered the demos, the Clarity demos. And then I was like, well, let me go to my Clarity demos on my uh, Apple Music, which I have 13 songs, and they are track for track the same up until a point. Instrumental is track one, Blister is track two, A Sunday is track three, Clarity is track four, and then I have Secret Crush as track five, six was What I Would Say to You Now, and seven is Your New Aesthetic. Both Secret Crush and What I Would Say to You Now are missing from this Ceilings and Floors Clarity Demos Remaster. My guess is that my Clarity Demos are a compilation of demos that were put together by somebody on the Jimmy Eat World Forums back in the day and Ceilings and Floors either has the original Clarity Demos that were like passed around and they did not include those other songs or uh or or something. I I just don't know, but he doesn't have those two tracks uh in his listing. So, uh, I found that interesting cause I was sort of confused. I was like, was this on clarity or not? And I have it in with my clarity demos on my Apple music, but this random YouTube video I found is not.
1: Oh, huh. okay. And hey, we've had ceilings and floors for some obscure tracks in the past.
0: That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. So
1: I'm glad they had at least some of those on there.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So my, <laughs> my favorite thing, this is so wild. Um, Go ahead and play through Demo 2. And this is labeled as Alternate. Um, okay. And this is just so weird. Cool. But weird. Okay.
2: Still sitting there, <laughs> with your glass crossed, Not-
1: What is this? <laughs> this is wild.
2: It's wrong. i done it. i your arms.
1: Dude, those toms are so weird.
0: Guitars, like, fade in so slowly. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and then they go away. They go back into that, uh, right when you think they're going to come in. It's like, oh, that was kind of a cool thing. They did this, like, technical introduction, and then they bring in the the music, but then it stops and goes
0: back to those toms that are just... Yeah, it's almost like they got a V-kit, and a V-kit was very new, and they were like, oh, let's just do the track, and then we'll just fade in the guitars whenever. Well,
1: maybe Steve Rivet got a new compact Presario computer, and they're like, hey, man, this thing has some, uh, some sonar <laughs> on it. Let's fiddle around, because it well, does sound thing, completely too, sequenced.
0: They recorded it in New York, so you would assume they were on tour or something, because if they're going to record a couple tracks for a 7-inch, you're assuming they're on tour. They're just stopping through town and recording real quick. I don't. I don't. Right. Do, do you think they demoed this with Steve Rivet? Do you think they demoed this at home and then they they were like, oh, we need to do a couple of tracks. Let's. Uh. I don't know. We'll do what I would say to you now. Um. And uh, the speed rate. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. I wish I knew more information about the the birth of this song. Um.
1: Right. I mean, they were definitely on tour though, because Zach did corroborate or uh, explain that in his uh, in his response.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I I thought you would get a kick out of that. That's such a wild version of the song. And I don't know if I had heard it before doing the research for this episode. And if I had, I'd completely forgotten it because I don't think I have it in my Apple Music. I think I found it on our drive. Let's see. Uh, Say to you now. And that was the thing, too, is that was how I had to keep searching for it was just search for say to you now so I could get both versions. Right. Um, Here we go. The static prevails demos. Yeah, what I would say to you now. No, I had version one and version two uh, on in my Apple Music. I have them, but I don't know. I guess I just never played it because it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that's the thing, too, is I have it in my Static Prevails demos, uh, version one and two. And that would make a little bit more sense. They probably demoed these at home when they were demoing everything for Static Prevails. These two tracks uh, got left off of static. Prevails. Well, let's see. Let's go to Static Prevails demos. Do I have Speed Read here? Yeah, Speed Read was also on the Static Prevails demos. So it's possible they demoed those two tracks for Static Prevails. They were left off. And when they went to go do the 7-inch, they were like, hey, we have those two songs. Let's do it. Problem, mystery, solved. I think <laughs> it's funny. I feel like I did a lot of research for this, but also not a lot of follow-up on anything. So uh, we're sort of f- figuring stuff out live. <laughs> um. <laughs> Here's, here's some more, uh, I, just because it was so confounding to me. I found a couple people talking about the song. I, I didn't find many people talking about the two different versions of the song title. This is where I kind of found some people. Um, BW41 uh, on April 16th, 2002 on song meanings says, first of all, because on song meanings it was, uh, what would I say to you now? Uh, so <laughs> uh, BW41 says, first of all, the name of the song is What I Would Say to You Now. And it's originally off the Split 7-inch with another great band named Jay June. But it's also on the Singles CD. So that was the first comment mentioning the name. And then X. Pink Frist. Yeah. <laughs> in, on uh, May 8th, 2002 says, The title is right. On the Singles, it is What I Would Say to You Now. But on the Jay June Split and the Japanese version of either Clarity or Static Prevails, it is... What would I say to you now? It points this out at the website. So I'm interested in what he what means. It points this out at the website. Uh, I didn't go, I guess, back to 2002 um, and the Wayback Machine. Um uh, I, I suppose maybe I could but what's interesting is he says that on the June split and the Japanese version of either Clarity or Static Prevails it's what would I say to you now I found on the Japanese pressing of the single CD it's what would I say to you now and I did not see a version of the Jejun split where it was what would I say to you now I only saw what I would say to you now which is, which is how it became to me the definitive title of the song is what I would say to you now but I love X Pink Frist coming in Uh, always addressing it um so let's see yeah 2014 u.s repress had the typo uh but then what's interesting is the second 2014 repress has it correct according to discogs uh 2015 european pressing has a typo 2016 u.s repress has a typo and uh yeah just kind of uh all over the place
1: yeah so um looking back at jimmyworld.net um, oh march march 30th yeah it, it's the official website i'm assuming that's what they meant right oh yeah um, yeah. there's four mentions yeah there's four mentions on the discography the the jejun split which is what i would say to you now uh the the Jute they listed it as jew singles uh august 8th 2000 uh what would i say to you now and then the blister single yeah on track yes. three what would i say to you now And then the Clarity Japanese import, which has uh, what would I say to you now? So uh, three of the four (laughs) listed as what would I say to you now on this? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm assuming that's what X-Pank Frist was referring to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
0: Um, On the Facebook group, I know we're not doing community, but I found this interesting. Joyce Wei uh, says, if you ever see the song Jejun on a set list, it refers to this song because it's on a split seven inch with the band Jejun. Hmm. I found that interesting that was a comment On a thread by Michael Crisp Where he posted that live video with uh, uh, Rick playing the Rickenbacker Or Tom playing the Rickenbacker that's always Going to trip me up Tom Playing the Rickenbacker (laughs) Um, And uh, and that was what She was responding to we'll get back to that Video in a minute Uh, oh The 7 inch had four Different covers this is like the most Pressed 7 inch I feel Like and I guess maybe not most pressed, but definitely the most, um, variety of covers. Uh, did you see all of the covers? Uh, I started looking at, as I was looking through, uh,
1: discogs a few minutes ago. Yeah. I was starting to see all of the different ones. I was familiar with the, the JJ, uh, the green, that like kind of like lima bean green. And that's so funny. The I did one. not
0: put together. That was JJ. I was like, what is that shape? That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I didn't look at all the other ones uh, so until I, I started kind of flipping through. Yeah, I ordered it in the way that I assume they were released, but I don't know for sure. One is an all blue cover. Looks very 60s, like with like just all blue with these yeah. boxy l- 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 lines. Um, it says Jejun and then the little divider. Uh, is that. Is there a technical term for that? Uh, yeah, a, a pipe. A pipe? Yes. Oh. Uh, so J June, then a pipe and then Jimmy eat world. And then it has in really hard to read, uh, text, the members of each band, uh, and the song titles. Um, so right. that I assume is the first pressing. I don't know why, I guess, cause it looks so retro. Then and there's, that the one du- has
1: the, that one has the catalog number that you had mentioned in the singles, right? So there's the 0708.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Um, so you were right. And, then there's the JJ. Then there's this interesting trifold that has reference to the JJ, but it's all green. It says Jay June and then a, ba- a bunch of dotted lines and then Jimmy Eat World uh, with the track listings and stuff like that. And then finally, this one that I love is just a huge ampersand, an orange sleeve with a big light orange ampersand on it. And at the bottom it says Jay June and Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> um, Yeah, really cool. Like, I don't know. I love these designs. And that there are four different covers is kind of cool. Do you own all four covers? Call 484, j The
1: The first one we were looking at was uh, designed by... Go back to it here. uh, The Collection Agency. That's the one with the JJ on it. Everyone else, it doesn't look like they have the listing of who actually put it together. But I do like the style. It's very... uh, It's very... uh, yeah, retro simple uh minimalist. I like it.
0: Yeah. And uh let's see. Oh, the 7-inch, the fourth pressing that, uh has on the back cover it says, "This is the fourth cover for this fine record. We only made 100 of them. This is BWR0708. We love the Pizzicato 5." What's the Pizzicato 5? <laughs> uh I'm going to look it up right now. The Pizzicato yeah. 5 um
1: oh, is a a pop band uh Japanese pop band formed in Tokyo in 1979 by multi-instrumentalist Yashiharu uh, Konishi and Keitaro Takanami.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So They love the pizzicato five. Um, and then what's funny is I saw another, this said we only made a hundred of them. I saw another pressing. I feel like on Discogs that said they made 200. So maybe there's multiple pressings of each cover. Uh, who can know? And then <laughs> uh, the blue sleeve version. Uh, had a note on Discogs that said blue transparent vinyl with original sleeve version I guess that also tipped me off that maybe this is the original yeah. uh, each side is listed as side J on the center label so they were very excited <laughs> that these two bands started with the letter J um, then yes you're right uh, The there's a blister maxi single that I think uh, Stephen Brand I feel like got this blister single this year Um But it is track three, and it's a live version of this track um, on the Blister maxi single from 2001. I love that they released Blister as a single in 2001. (laughs) Um, And let's see. Clarity Live has What I Would Say to You Now listed as the name of the track. So that was 2009. They took back ownership of the original title. And then finally, we've only been teasing it, but this morning I happened to tweet at Zach... To see if he would clarify the title of this song. It's opening Twitter on my, what did I say? I said, tonight we're recording what I would say to you now. Was it just a typo that led it to also being called. What would I say to you now on some pressings or a change of heart slash intent behind the song? Thanks. And Zach replies. We recorded that on tour with Steve Rivette in Brooklyn, New York. I think it was just a typo. One of the very few times we recorded outside LA or Phoenix. And I say, Bless, absolutely. So that was cool. I'm so glad that he's he's
1: quick, quick and responsive. Yeah, he's becoming
0: a a a regular contributor here to Jimmy Pod. (laughs) We might allow it, an
1: an honorary
0: (laughs) member. Yeah. Um, And finally, this did close out a, a weird compilation CD called the CMJ. New Music Monthly, volume 86, October 2000. College Music Journal. Uh, They put out a CD compilation, and uh, they were on volume 86, track 21. They ended it. Uh, They came just after Ryan Adams' song, To Be Young. Oh, my. (laughs) uh, Is to be sad, is to be high. Uh, Who else is on here? Not a Surf, Phoenix, Good Charlotte, Soulfly, featuring Sean Lennon. Those are the biggest names that I know on this compilation. College Music Journal. Um, any other? I have a couple other links here. You got any other notes on this track? Um, no, just the
1: live. Uh, all the other things I had was the uh, the live uh, recordings of them. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Well, I want to get into those for sure. I did sure. do a deep dive on their uh, Twitter feed, and I just wanted to see, like, when did they ever mention this before? Uh, So one was, this was uh, September 3rd, 2009 from a suspended account. Cool. They're retweeting (laughs) um, the transfer. It says at Jimmy world, what I would say to you now live at mind over matter fest. And they pasted a link. So this is right after it got uploaded to YouTube. And uh, we'll look at that mind over matter clip. Um, And Jimmy world comments. Wow. Long time ago. Um, So uh, that was they they knew that that had existed and they uh, saw that it was uploaded to the interwebs. Um, This is March 23rd, 2009. They sent out a Twit FM link followed uh, uh, with this song. Hashtag Music Monday. Please retweet. Uh, It got two likes. No retweets. I'm going to retweet it. I'm going to like and retweet it right now. (laughs) But please retweet PLS RT. Oh, wait, what did it tell me? I can't do it. Oh, no. It was sent. Okay. Uh, tweet three. Okay. So there was a, a request and an answer. So Scott Heisel, again, I found out where we knew Scott Heisel from, by the way. He had written an absolute or alternative press article uh, about Jimmy Eat World. So that's how he had come up on the pod previously. But Scott Heisel, uh, who is pretty active on Twitter with them, um, says. Jimmy Eat World, any chance of Christmas card, Untitled, Ramina, Softer, etc., making the set list? I'm flying to Chicago and Tempe. This was January 2009, and they actually responded to him, and uh, it was a pretty quick response. Uh, Scott H- at Scott Heisel, maybe Christmas card and what I would say to you now. So they also wrote out what I would say to you now, um, further solidifying that that is the definitive name to this song. Um, I've got a couple community things and then we can dig into live videos. Sure. There is a, an appreciation thread on Reddit. Did you see this? Was it the one started one
1: year
3: ago this by this snake oil
0: 27? Yes.
1: Yes. I did want to so quote yeah, one tell, person. tell me about it. Yes. So yeah, there was a lot, every, every one of the heavy hitters in that sub seemed to show up and, uh, and, uh, mentioned their appreciation for this, but I personally liked metal Luke's or metal uke, their comment there, which was, I absolutely adore this song. It definitely should have made static prevails. In my opinion, they should have made the album 13 songs long like clarity, but if they absolutely had to swap a song out, I would say digits for what I would say to you. Now, my personal favorite performance of this song is the clarity live version, but I do have a deep appreciation for the old school performances as well.
0: I think so. I mean, that's to, how I feel as well. Looking at the live videos, yeah, and I,
1: you know, I, I, uh, I didn't mention what Snake Oil was saying. So, do you want to go ahead and explain the whole reason why he posted yes, yes, this? Yes, yes, yes.
0: So a year ago, Snake Oil twenty seven says, "What I would say to you now, God, I love this song. Added to the forever long list of how did this not make an album? Jim's soaring vocals, the intricate rhythm and lead guitar parts, the lyrics—it all screams emo, and it's amazing." This live version makes me appreciate the song even further with its extended intro and dynamic shifts. But seriously, Jimmy is one of the few bands where consistently their B sides and demos are as good, if not better, than the album tracks. Roller Queen, Be Sensible. Anyways, I'm curious if this song is generally accepted on this subreddit or among fans. What uh, appreciated on this subreddit or among fans? What are your thoughts on this song? Thoughts on other amazing B-sides or previously unreleased tracks? And the live version that he had linked to was that version. Uh, is this the one where Tom is playing the Rickenbacker? Yeah, it is. Everyone <laughs> loves this yeah. performance, which we'll definitely have to go to. Um, is this? Do you know if this is? What does this translate to? So the uh, the the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> the video is posted to youtube but the description is in german it says (laughs) die rocken, die immer noch and i was like oh man i don't know what that means it it translates to they still rock and i would say that's true um so that is uh that's that's from the appreciation thread and uh, i agree everybody loves that they still rock german video um lots of love in a facebook thread um from liam iberson and i think We've maybe talked about this uh, post before. Uh, oh, no, we haven't. Uh, Liam Iberson, November 21st, 2020. What's your favorite song from each Jimmy Eat World album? And uh, he listed this as what I would say to you now, uh, being his favorite from Static Prevails. Um, and there are tons of love for what I would say to you now in the comments. So while it never appeared on Static Prevails, tons of people uh, count it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> take that. Lauren Israel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it showed up in all three Survivors, the best of the best and the 2018 and 2019 Survivors. It placed 26th. Which I was surprised
1: uh, by in that best of in the, the best. best of
0: the best survivor. I mean, it's a B side, so you know it's hard to yeah. say. Um 2018 Survivor, it tied for third. It was uh uh it made it tied with rock uh, Rockstar. And then 2019 Survivor, it tied for third again. Uh, with episode four. (laughs) And finally, our favorite little section, where do you think this falls in Jake T. O'Donnell's list? It's pretty high up. Not as high as maybe I would place it, but pretty high. Okay, all right. Uh,
1: Yeah, this sounds like one that he would enjoy. I'm gonna say, um, you said pretty high up, but not where you would put it. I'm gonna think it's in the teens somewhere. 15? 14.
0: Ooh. What I would say to you now, Jay June, poll, uh, Jimmy World, Split 7 Inch, 1997. As you've probably noticed, with the granular view I'm taking on the music of one band, I've called out a lot of songs that signaled shifts in their sound over time. After Static flopped, there was a more than good chance they'd end up going nowhere. Instead, they kept honing their craft. Where Anderson Mesa points to something bigger for their capabilities, what I would say to you now shows the mastery ...of their short, punchy, emo, punk rock... ...of the short, punchy, emo, punk rocker. This is the post-static work indicating Jimmy Eat World were figuring out who they were. Side note, for years, there was a debate among fans on whether this song... ...was actually titled, What I Would Say To You Now, or What Would I Say To You Now? I'm not sure how this happened, because I have only ever seen the former on official releases... But it was a debate nonetheless. We had a lot of very interesting things to talk about and time on our hands back then. Amidst ripping guitar and drums, Jim spins a tale about a relationship falling apart over lack of communication. It's all the wrong I've done, all the wrong I'll do, keeps me from trying, it keeps me quiet. And when we talk, think what we say, there's questions, then silence. Hope makes you so strong, strength keeps you alone, far away. I don't believe the band has played this one live in about 10 years. And when they did on Clarity Times 10 tour, like with No Sensitivity, Jim didn't really go for it vocally, which was understandable given they usually played it near the end of their set. But musically, it's still packed a wallop. And that feeling hasn't subsided in the 20 plus years since it was released. So that is what I've got for Community.
1: Okay, and then I don't have anything else to say uh, for community. Uh, I, I think that was a nice wrap-up from uh, Jake T. O'Donnell. I love what he has to say.
0: Me too. Jake um, T. O'Donnell
1: rules. Do you want to, now that now that he's mentioned um, the Clarity Times 10 tour and all that, do you want to go through some of the, the live performances of this?
0: Yeah, I wonder if we should maybe go in order so we can see how it evolved over time. Okay, see if I can figure... Um, I think this 1997 at the mind over matter fest is maybe the oldest one. If not, uh, there is the barn in Riverside, California is 90, 1997 ish. (laughs) Um, I don't know which one has better sound, but mind over matter is, I feel like that's the one that always comes up when people are like, Oh my God, look at this amazing old video of Jimmy world (laughs) every two years. Like it never has been anywhere before. Um, (laughs) Uh, all right i feel like yeah um i'll go ahead and paste that in here let's see if it'll let me import playlist very good here we go what i would say to you now live at mind over matter fest yeah this is a rickenbacker there yeah Is that the dance you're talking about? No uh, I forget which video it is We'll see it It's at the beginning of the second verse I could watch that forever. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that is uh, 1997 at Mind Over Matter Fest. I love that this is a fest. Like, right? <laughs> what even is this? It's like a a, 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 a uh, What am I thinking of? Like a youth center or like yeah. you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you could t- yeah. The the ceiling tiles up there, the the fluorescent lights. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so. The, we've we've seen Love Disaster '69's videos before, and I think this is the one with the dancing. So I'm going to go to this one. This is uh, and to give you context again, in February 2000, my brother, our friend Mike Hayden, and I drove to Phoenix from Tucson to see Jimmy World play Nita's Hideaway. We hooked up a DAT recorder to the soundboard, and I videotaped the show with my brand new Canon Ultura. I just got around to syncing the audio and posting it on the web. If I'd done it back then, I would have had to snail mail you. Uh, Uh, tape after linking up via the jimmy world message board this show is the (laughs) first time they played sparkle live p.s you can watch an amazing jimmy world show my brother and i recorded in 1999 at the green room in tempe arizona here um so uh this is the neatest hideaway i believe this is the video where he does the little jig and that jig becomes important to a cover later uh so let me go ahead and play this And this is where they've added this intro, which is so cool.
1: Oh, man. Yes. This is like a 30-second intro here.
0: Yeah. And it evolves even further in our next video.
2: you not paying attention to me But if we stop, I'm just kidding
0: your arms to each side
2: There it to is Oh <laughs> and when we talk your big <sighs> what we say It's classic to inside
0: Ah so good Okay <laughs> so finally we'll jump to the video that everybody uh talks about um which is, uh, now, did you say this is at a water park or something? Which one is it? Will you uh, uh, This one this that everybody it. posted everywhere. No, All no, no. Page. Oh, okay. Oh, because you know why? Because you had said something about, like, soprovideo.com or something. Oh, yeah. Video pimp. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, pimp.com, but I had sent it to you without context for what it was I was looking at. And somebody had posted this video itself in the uh, Facebook group. But this video has been posted several times. Uh, even further extended intro here. Um, and I love this video because it's got Car Simplified. Stephen Brand is in here. It's got... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Oh, no, I guess just Stephen Brand in this one. I love this buildup. I mean, they've taken a song that is two and a half minutes long and made it. I don't know.
1: Another minute and a half. <laughs> yeah.
2: stuff here. Oh, so good. <laughs> there it is.
0: Do it. <laughs> I wish I knew what it was I loved about this song so much. Um, finally i found a live video from clarity times 10 but there is a a official live recording of clarity times 10 so this is from the clarity live release that they did in 2009 so they recorded a live show and released it for everyone to hear uh absolutely incredible recording of the more modern version of this song uh and there's cool stuff in it so let's take a listen here it is Sounds so menacing, too. It's so
2: cool. Whoa. (laughs) One of my favorite
0: things he does with the... Yeah, it's so cool. One of my favorite things he does vocally here in the beginning. It's so cool. It's how I sing the song now.
2: You're still sitting there with your legs crossed And not paying attention to me
1: okay so i thought again. i just had to let that play out i had to let that play out
0: yeah wow and wow and, you know what's funny is i i lied to you i i think i get so <laughs> nervous on the tracks that i love so much that i i uh my my mind is like in a zillion different places and i'm like oh, i'll never yeah. forget this and i do forget it so of course the vocal thing that he does is i think in this 2002 version that i sent you which is also not on the drive um but uh, somehow I got, I think, probably from Jimmy Eat World Online or something like that. But go ahead and play it. It's, it's so cool. Okay. It's right at the beginning. Okay.
2: You're still sitting there with your crossed. <laughs> and i intention to me, to me, to me. But if we
0: <laughs> So good. So th- that is the version. That's how I sing the song every time. To me, to me, <laughs> I, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Caroused. To, me to, to me, me, to me, to me, to <laughs> me. Oh, it's so good. Uh, that's like my definitive version.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: but uh, God, I love this song so much. And one thing that we didn't do before we go into covers is we didn't listen to the Jejune uh Oh yeah, um, yeah. Let's
1: do that. Let's get so on let's there. It
0: really, I mean, that first song is so good. So I figured we would listen to a little bit of it. So uh, sure. here we go. So cool <laughs> and then there's yeah. like a little bit right here right
1: <laughs> yeah and then this is early stars
0: oh but this, is this the beginning this, this of early starts, stars i see yeah this because is because the then beginning. it sounds the same and then it fades out and then uh it's what i thought was early stars but yeah you can, it's hard to tell with the youtube video
1: and i'm saying that because the video was annotated below
0: I noticed that, but then this starts and it sounds so different. So yeah, I was right. Like, it does. Very different. I think, the, I think different. the annotation might be wrong. So uh, I'm so bad, man. I'm so bad. This is like a this is a bad one for me. I have good information, but it's uh, it's uh, presented very poorly. Um, I went through the archive of our pod and I pulled a bunch of audio clips that I didn't tell you about.
2: Oh, OK, OK. Um, <laughs>
0: So uh, I I suppose uh, if you give me just a moment here, I can um, pull up some things. However, let me do this while I'm doing that. I pulled a couple videos that I thought would be kind of fun. Uh, Here's a video called How to Pronounce Jimmy Eat World. Some reason this came up while uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for what I would say to you now. This is How to Pronounce YouTube channel. So if you didn't know how to pronounce Jimmy Eat World, World... So, I mean, just making sure you knew. If there was any doubt. Oh, okay. I listened to this already, and I kind of want to sing along to it because it kind of works. Oh, yeah? So, unfortunately, with latency, you'll have to edit me and uh, throw some reverb in there to make it sound a little nice. But it kind of works, dude. Um, really? So, let's see if we could do it live because I sang along to it while I was listening to it. And... uh and that was the one time that i ever ran through it and i was like oh i can record this and send it to justin but work has been so crazy this week that was not gonna happen um (laughs) and i had keaton with me today so uh i'm gonna hit play and then i'll click over to the lyrics and see if we can make this work all right paying attention to me to me to me but if we talk just curious Depeche Mode meets uh, Jimmy World. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> like this one. Uh, so, this is Christy Brewer. I don't think we've had Christy Brewer before. Um, no. But uh, I was like singing along at work. I was like, I don't know, man. This kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> when you had Eric Grubbs on the show, he had a lot of cool information about the track and things that we kind of touched on, but I did want to go back to Eric Grubbs cause he's more of an authority on sort of emo as a, a, as a genre. And, um, and, uh, he came at it with firsthand knowledge of the track way back when. So, uh, I think these clips can probably be played in order. Uh, and they're from okay. episode 29 of this show, but putting them back into context with this song, I think it would be kind of fun.
3: Okay, here we go. But anyway, what I would say to you now, um, that yeah, oh god that song kicks ass that that chorus is just incredible and um and i i actually saw them play that when they were touring off of clarity in march of 1999 a freezing cold night in denton uh jimmy Eat world was fantastic jim signed the seven inch that i bought um but at the drive-in stole the show because-
4: <laughs>
0: No, he goes on to talk about how that was like at the drive-in was really coming up. But there's some more information about that seven inch and where it might be now.
1: Yeah, I have a comment about that, that uh,
3: that will fit in when we get into covers with at the drive-in.
0: Okay,
1: and then uh, clip two. Yeah.
3: So what I would say to you now, it was great to have um, on a seven inch uh, that. um, Well, no, wait, Uh, the seven inch that I actually had signed by Jim got warped because I accidentally left it in my car while oh, yeah. I was visiting my sister in Lubbock and I didn't know much about vinyl warping yeah. in, in the sun and in the heat. And so I have a warped record, but it's signed by Jim Adkins. But anyway, <laughs> that's so what really I would say to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> better, better so anyway, I, yeah. So I have uh, you know, what I, what I would say to you now on, on a seven inch, and I was really stoked when it was put on the singles compilation, but I am bummed. Uh, about how the singles compilation and practically everything that big wheel recreation put out is not available for streaming from like spotify or apple music so whenever i hear people talk about how oh i just got rid of all of my cds because i can download it or um stream it i'm like are you sure about that
0: (laughs) okay was that clip two and three no that was two I got three. Oh, okay. What's funny. So what's funny is I heard you talking in the clip and I thought you were talking right now. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) It's hard. It's weird to hear myself. Cool. All right.
3: Here's the third clip. What I would say to you now is one of those songs that was only available on a seven inch. And when I was involved with the Jimmy World uh, email discussion list, people would talk about this song and speed read H model. And then there was this new song called Sweetness. <laughs>
1: I wonder and if that song can't... ever panned out.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a fun uh, little trip down memory lane uh, and putting some of those clips from Eric back into context uh, of the show. Um, let's see. Uh, I did make a I don't need that. Um, I did make a rave DJ. Oh, OK. OK. If you want to. Did you happen to make one at all? uh, I did not know. Indulge me. Oh, sick. This rave DJ is called over what I say to you now. So (laughs) one of the things that I found when I was looking um, up the Open E tuning was other Jimmy World songs in Open E and there was a Reddit post from Think and 180 Do uh, 10 months ago, <laughs> over and what I w- what would I say to you now in Open E? Hey, y'all, sorry if this topic was already mentioned, but I remember seeing somewhere that these two songs were in a weirder tuning than most you meet world songs, which are normally drop D, standard, or half step down. I retuned my guitar to Open E and figured out both of these songs are in that tuning. Really cool tuning, but kind of scary because of tuning two strings, a whole step and one string, a half step up. Just gotta be careful Hope this helps any frater- <laughs> fellow guitar dudes And dudettes out there um, And so I Happened to see him talk about over And what I would say What I would say to you now And I was like oh let's see what they sound like Together uh, These two open E songs uh, In Rave DJ And I don't remember hating it But I didn't really make a note about it
1: <laughs> Alright here it is Over what I say to you now Alright sounds a little sped up Oh, dude. So cool. Dude, that is one of my favorite rave DJs. We got to put that in the in the mashups channel.
0: That's a hall of fame right there.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah. Oh, that's a good that's a good call. Yeah yeah. We'll put that on the Discord. Um, yeah, pretty, I yeah. I forgot actually how good that was. I think I listened to Jeez. it once. And I, again, <laughs> it's been kind of crazy busy at work the last couple of days. And uh, I man, I, I'm sure I've complained about it. But Keaton is not fucking sleeping, man. <laughs> um, it's bad. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I, I this episode is kind of all over the place. Uh, I was very excited to do the song and also uh, on no sleep. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess I did a bunch of research, but also didn't like notate any of it. So, <laughs> um, uh, 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 so let me look at the watch together. Is there anything I want to play you from here? That oh, there's this like girl that's a vet. That does a funny dance with her cat. Um, but it's a it, w- one of those vlogs where she's talking to the camera the whole time. It's very un- uncomfortable for me to watch. <sighs> Do you remember when Jimmy Eat World was on that public access show on YouTube? We found it and it was like late 90s, mid to late 90s, and they're like bowling with the host of this public access show and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. like re edited it and put How to Ruin Public Access TV with Jeez. Jimmy Eat World. And I I don't know, it's like they took that video and re-edited it, and I can't tell if they're being serious or not, but it's in the playlist for this episode if anybody wants to see it. Um, I watched all of a heap of games Static Prevails recap and uh-huh. found that he, while he did mention uh, in the show notes of that long diatribe what I would say to you now, he does not talk about the song, so I was like, where does he say it? Um... And what I did end up doing was downloading that video so I can reference it later. Because um, I was like, I swore he talked about it, but I he did not. Um, and so now I think maybe I'm finally ready to talk covers.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> what are what you got? I'm looking at your
1: playlist and the next two, three in line. I have is all oh, four actually, but uh, those three. Um, Playing, baby. Here we go. Okay, so this is going to be the drummer from the San Diego drummer, David Esau. Okay, oh, yeah, so
0: I wanted to sync him and the guitar player up, um, but I didn't. So Oh, sorry, I hit play on that. My bad. <laughs> He's got the drum beats by Dre, yeah. head, which I thought was cool. the most practice spacey space ever. Yeah. yeah.
1: He had, to, he had to throw in the cowbell there. Did you hear it? That little. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Man. So, so clean. Good. So clean. Yeah. Now, speaking of clean, this next one, uh, which is I don't see the title there, but I believe this is a Neil Walsh. And it's just a guitar cover. Uh, but my note here is that I felt like they really cleaned it up. And it's cool to see. You know, talking about going back to that open E tuning, seeing somebody play this up close, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it's impressive. funny. I was watching it, not thinking of how open E worked, but I was like, he's not moving his hand.
1: <laughs> right. It's it's impressive just to see how he's sliding up and down. And then when he introduces the second guitar. Anyway, here we go. Still He threw a little bit of a reverb on it uh, and, and it brought the guitar out front. It just, it sounds so clean to me. Yeah. But well played.
0: Absolutely. Nice job. Niall Walsh.
1: Okay. Now this, this next one is, let me look at the title of that one. This I believe is Jose Galvez.
0: Yeah. And he does the dance
1: dude i, I didn't so we gotta I watch it, it through at least said, second verse when you said this is gonna matter later i, I knew exactly who you were talking about okay so <laughs> the, <laughs> this one is uh just some, for some context this this guy recently did this i think in june of this year june or july so very recently yeah. five months ago There's uh something testing it makes
0: me think he's here in la too
1: yeah uh I'll, I'll watch it, it again something in you... his room maybe well, he's definitely, okay, so looking up at the top, he's got, uh, I think, I'm not watching the video right now, but he's got like Ozma up at the top, so I know that he's from this area. Ozma isn't a big band. I mean, they're from and they're from Pasadena, so I'm assuming that he is uh, either aware of bands that have been affiliated with Jimmy World in the past, like obscure affiliations, or uh, he's, uh, yeah, Southern California native and just knows about Ozma. So here we go.
2: Still city.
0: oh it's a shirt
1: we love LA (laughs) or it's just that David
0: oh and he's got the LA football club sticker
1: oh football club that's what it is
0: See the little movie was doing? He's a real head, man.
1: whole thing the whole production of that was so well done
0: so good oh uh, gosh that was great let me make sure i gave him an upvote.
1: now the next one that you had in the list here are you sure is this what i would say to you now i thought this oh, was
0: a different It's not it's not okay <laughs> yeah all right it's a uh, open fire open water it uh, what's funny though is i listened to this today and i was like this is the better version of every song I tried to write in high school <laughs> after having it known of Dashboard Confessionals existence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a very niche uh, um, uh, thing, but uh, it exists. So uh, I did. I found Jose Galvez on SoundCloud as well. I'm assuming it's the same record. It is the same uh, yeah. uh, recording. Uh, did you see Paper Rifles on Bandcamp?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Okay, so let's listen to Paper Rifles on Bandcamp. Okay.
1: All right. Here we go. This is Paper Rifles on Bandcamp.
0: Good Christ. I did not listen to these, by the way. This is amazing. Bandcamp really brought it today. Damn good, huh? <laughs> oh, that was great. Do we know where Paper Rifles is from?
1: Uh, yeah, Edinburgh.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, the UK. So right outside. Uh, we, weren't we talking about Edinburgh when we were uh, discussing uh, Paul Rouget? Paul Rouget.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's great. Did you come across now, Como Regalia? Oh, I
1: absolutely did. So now this that is was where. Like, go ahead. This is where I wanted to bring up the at the drive-in sound. Oh, okay. So what were you going to say before I play this? Well,
0: so this was like the last one I found. And I found it after like, you know when you dig and you're like, I think I got it. And you hit like page down like two more times. And you're like, oh, shit, there's one more. Um, Yeah. This was it. Like Because I found his cover album. And then I think I couldn't find the track. Or it was, oh, this is what it was. I found the cover album on Discogs. Right. And that was how I knew it existed at all. And so I went I had to go searching for the track and uh found it on Bandcamp. Um and I did again, I copied and pasted the link, did not listen to it, so I'm very excited to hear it, and especially if it sounds like at the drive in. Yeah. <laughs> still sitting there. Pretty good, huh? Oh man, that was fucking <laughs> rad. Now you know what's funny about At the Drive-In. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, At the Drive-In is also uh, uh, has members of the Mars Volta, so uh-huh. uh, very I'd say highly regarded, not insanely popular uh, groups, but very highly regarded in the music scene. Have you heard of the band that the brothers did with Travis Barker? Uh, what's it called? It's called Anti Mask. <laughs> And my assumption is that they will never ever play a show again. But I ever since I'd say March or <laughs> April of last year, I was like, oh, there goes that band.
2: <laughs> They're called no, Anti-Mask. I never heard of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like a supergroup. It's Omar and Cedric, uh, and Marfred, and then Travis Barker, David uh Ellich, and Flea. Um Wow. So yeah. Yeah, kind of cool. Um, and uh David Ellich, I guess, played drums with them until the end of twenty fifteen and then Travis did drums uh with them. But uh but yeah, I don't I don't know enough about this project, but obviously it's on my radar because Travis Barker was involved. And uh the fact that they were called anti mask is just so funny to me. <laughs> um and I have one more bandcamp cover. Uh if, is it from uh, Cootie it's, Catcher? <laughs> it's from Cootie Catcher, Brad's one man band himself. Yeah who did all of the chorus in uh absolutepunk.net yeah. camp compilations for the most part um organized them and all that stuff he's uh amazing community member over at chorus fm and I was so excited to finally do this song uh so much so that I have him scheduled to interview for this episode so after awesome. we listen to his uh we'll do some uh final thoughts and uh and then we can uh, listen to an interview with Brad And this is another one of his all-time favorite tracks. So that's very exciting. So let's hear Cootie Catcher's version of what I would say to you now.
2: Still
1: cootie catcher
0: <laughs> i love brad so much uh that was Man, so cool here's a little a blurb he wrote. um yeah here's a little blurb he wrote over on the chorus forums what i w- what would i say to you now is one of my favorite jimmy E. world tracks i did an acoustic cover of it for one of the old ap.net compilations that i think turned out pretty well for being done the night before it was due ha <laughs> ha brad is always coming in clutch with those covers um and i'm very excited to talk to him now justin do you have any final thoughts on the song what i would say to you now Man, I'm
1: glad. I am so glad that uh, we got to go into uh, detail under this track. You know, I had mentioned to you earlier that I'd only listened to it once or twice. And it was from a while ago. We might have listened to it. And you told me how much you loved this track. I never really gave it a solid listen after this, man. All the covers, all the different versions, the evolution of this song. Man, this one... I. I I can't explain it too. I can't put it into words. I'm trying to, to figure out what it is that draws me in about this. If it's the change in tempo, if it's the change in sound, but this is such a good track. And yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that it wasn't put on the album, but there's so many different versions that, you know what? We have all that, that uh, stuff. It's just, you got to kind of put it all together later. So this is a banger, man. What about you?
0: Yeah. Um, I was, uh, insanely excited to do this track. Uh, Keeping in the theme of this completely uh, off the rails episode. um, (laughs) I have one more treat before we get into the interview, which is that uh, last week I read off a bunch of text messages from my friend Paul, who has uh, like a master's in musicology. And he completely broke down you in such a way that I was like, I think you could read this better than I can read it. So if you want to do a voice note and he wrote me a big wall of text already about this song. And rather than me read it, I'm going to clip in here his voice note before the interview with Brad. <laughs> so uh, uh, we Perfect. hopefully will learn from Paul's voice note. And and hopefully the the plan is to maybe not have Paul on every episode, but I'll definitely share with him the songs that we're doing. And if we're uh, if he's so inspired and we're lucky enough, we'll get a musicologist to really kind of break down. I mean, some of the stuff, is just so over my head, and I love every word of it. Um, so I'm excited to maybe figure out why you and I both love this song so much. But yeah, I mean, it goes back to the school bus, and like, like you said, the 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 evolution of this track is uh, is it really is something special. And yeah. uh, I hope the band holds it in high regard. I can understand maybe why you wouldn't play this at every show. It's it, not everybody's going to know it. But in terms of uh, achievement, I think JT O'Donnell hit the nail on the head. It oh, yeah. really took what they did on Anderson Mesa on Static Prevails and ran with it. And this was the this was a very big stepping stone for this band. Um, and uh, I think it's still a standout track. It is a top 10 track for me. And uh, I'm very excited to to cringe. Listen to this episode again. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, it's it what it's um what What is the idiom that I'm thinking of? I guess it's like content, content over quality or is that what it is? Whatever the content over quality version is of this episode. I hope <laughs> that the the inside of the sausage was good and then the pun at the beginning and then the musicologist and in interview at the end make it all together like a nice little sausage of an episode. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Um, love, love it is. when the,
1: the sausage analogy makes its uh, re-
2: reappears.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, so, oh, yeah. without further ado, I'm going uh, to hope that everybody listening will continue to be excellent to people who need sleep.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? Get that sleep, David. Party on, dudes. <laughs> Well,
4: this song features chord colors that get a little more adventurous uh, than simple major minor triads, which are the majority of pop and rock music that we hear. Um, Now, for guitar players and guitar bands, songs in the key of E have the advantage of having the high B and E strings that sometimes you can let them just kind of constantly ring out and in doing so creates this constant drone of, a, of the root note of the scale E and the fifth note of the scale B and when you add those open strings to chords that aren't an E or a B uh, you have the potential to bring out some some different colors and some different emotional qualities. Now for most of the song, uh, there's kind of this characteristic minor 6 to major 4 back and forth progression. But you know what makes it fun is that that when you play these chords on a guitar, the way they're playing them, the the C-sharp minor, they basically just play it as a power chord, and like I mentioned a second ago, they leave those B and E strings ringing open, and essentially create a C-sharp minor 7 chord. And then what they do I remember doing this uh, when I was learning to play guitar as well is you kind of you just take off your pointer finger from that c sharp power chord and uh, you you get that four chord the a major except by leaving the top half by leaving your your ring finger and your pinky in place you actually create an a major seven chord. And that quality of chord is not very common in rock music, um, mostly because when you get a lot of distortion going on, um, adding those extended harmonies uh, just kind of makes it noisy and muddy. Um, but because of the, of the late 90s um, indie kind of movement, um, there was a lot more clean, chimey guitars in some of these bands. And so these these major 7 chords actually got a little more time in the spotlight, which was really interesting. Um, now, to me, the the sonic... Um, Signature. the tonal signature of this song uh, is really the beginning of the chorus, uh, really where uh, the colors of the chords and the really kind of staccato rhythm of that first section of the chorus uh, really gives this song kind of its unique sound. And that progression is a 4-1-2 progression. Uh, And now if we're sticking strictly in the scale, that would be an A major, E major, F sharp minor. However, on that A major chord, they actually give us an A chord with an augmented fourth, in it. Uh, they add a D-sharp note into the chord, and it creates this, it's the highest note you hear in the chord, and it creates this really edgy, intense sensation, uh, especially when they're t- chugging really rhythmically, all in sync together. And so they, they start on that that A chord, that A major with an augmented fourth, and then they land briefly on the E major chord, the one chord, and we have a little bit, a split second of relief there, uh, but then they quickly get moved to the two chord. They end the progression on an F-sharp chord. Normally that would be an F-sharp minor, but they've, they they kind of have eliminated any sense of a third major or minor uh, we really don't get uh, much of the A note ringing in that F sharp chord, and instead we actually get an open and slightly tense ninth on there as they add the G sharp in, as well as continue uh, continuing to let those B and E strings ring open. And what that actually does, if if we just if we kind of count it as an F sharp minor chord, stacking the G sharp, which is the the ninth. Um, we actually also can stack the B on top of it. Now chords are built by stacking notes in thirds, and so what we have actually, what they actually create on that F sharp chord is an F sharp minor 11. And uh, and I just got off the phone with jazz music because they're feeling really threatened uh, that that Jimmy Eat World would use uh, an 11th chord in one of their songs. But uh, the the other thing that keeps this song really exciting. Um, is the the drumming uh, switching back and forth from 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 uh, double time to half time and it, it kind of keeps keeps you guessing a little bit on the energy keeps a little bit unpredictable it keeps the feeling a little bit chaotic uh, but when it does settle down into that halftime um, rhythm, especially towards the end of the song, the last chorus, um, the outro section, um, man, you can just really get, you can feel that pulse. and You can really imagine um, a room full of folks' fists pumping in the air, singing at the top of their lungs um, during those halftime sections. It uh, really just uh, makes this song uh, really enjoyable, really great energy, uh, really fun to listen to.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm very excited to talk to our guest on this episode, who I've known online for quite a while, seeing him in the Blink-182 communities, the Jimmy World communities. Uh, He's done a great service and helmed many of the cover compilations on both AbsolutePunk.net and Chorus.fm. And we heard his cover of What I Would Say to You Now uh, earlier. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Brad from Frick, Cootie Catcher, and my favorite, Brad Sony Man Band, which is Brad's one-man band. Um, Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, so to be on it. <laughs> thank you for coming. Um, we usually do deep dives where we sort of dig around into the community, see who's really into the song, and I was very excited. Uh, I think I just told you last week or the week before when we did Hear You Me, uh, I was reaching out for covers because I, I just didn't know how I was going to approach digging into the the large dearth of covers that there are for that song and you were like oh there's the covers comp which I do have bookmarked as a uh as a point of reference so I was very excited this week when I typed in the song and I was like oh great somebody did a cover oh my god it's Brad so um (laughs) on top of that I saw Your comment, which we read on the show About this being a top song for you And this was such Mm -hmm. a mess of an episode for me uh, Working on very, very little sleep And usually when I'm very excited about the song I think I know everything And then when we recorded the episode It was a mess, so hopefully this is a little bit better (laughs) Um, But tell me about Your journey with uh, Let's start with Jimmy Eat World as a whole um, And we'll work our way to the song
5: Yeah um, uh, They're like Top at least top five band for me i'll I'll say top three though <laughs> um but yeah they like i i went to the uh the pop disaster tour in i guess 2001 or something 2000 or 2001 yeah and they were opening and obviously i was there for blank um and then green day too but I, I i had heard of jimmy world at that point but i didn't know who Hi. they were but i still have like the vision of seeing them live they had like like a like a banner behind them of like um like desert rocks and stuff like i i I still remember that very well (laughs) but i had i didn't know any of the songs i might have known like the middle or something like I, i don't remember if they even played that or not but i i remember not knowing who they were but then right after that uh i got super into them with the bleed american album and then um and then I went backwards through Clarity and Static Prevails and then moved forward with them. And and yeah, and I've, I've seen them live probably like eight times or something like that since then. And each time is great.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Our, our stories are very similar. I had I had been familiar with Jimmy Eat World when I saw them. But the first time I saw them was at uh, the Pop Disaster Tour. And what's funny is mm-hmm. I was do- I've told the story on the show before I was doing a play. And as a closing night gift, one of the cast members got me the Jimmy Eat World singles CD. And that was my yeah. first Jimmy Eat World record, was that singles right CD. On. And so <laughs> I listened to it and I was obviously excited about Jimmy Eat World because Tom talked about Tom DeLong talks about them being in a huge influence on the Urethra Chronicles. So I was yeah. like, this is this is my foray. And I put it in and I hear opener. And that was the first mm-hmm. like Example of Jimmy Eat World, I had, and I was like, Oh my god, this is incredible! And then I yep. was very excited when they got big on the radio, and then when I went to go see him at Pop Disaster Tour. Um, and uh, I think I was like 15 when I was at Pop Disaster Tour 15 or 16, and uh, I met a girl in line, and she was very excited to see Jimmy Eat World there, so that got me even more excited to see Jimmy Eat World because, sure. like, you know, it was like the one night where you like it was, it very much felt like the rock show, it was like you, you. Yeah, You meet a girl and you never see her again, (laughs) but you just remember (laughs) like that one night anyway. So she was very excited to see Jimmy world. And now uh, Jimmy world's my wife's number one favorite band. Um, And uh, so that, that fandom continued on and, uh, and so, yeah. uh, And then what's interesting is yes, both of you and I started at this, like at the precipice of their hugest hit. Yeah. Yet this song, what I would say to you now what do you think it is about this song that uh, appeals to both you and me? Because we're both Blink fans. We obviously like the yeah. like the poppier side of things and being yep. familiar with some of your musical projects. I think you and I are, are of are cut from the same cloth. Yet a song like this yeah. for f- casual fans of the band that are into the middle and sweetness might find this grating. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Why are we uh, right and they're wrong, Brad? <laughs> Well, the reason that they're wrong is because they don't like it. Right. The
5: reason that we're right, though, is because it's like, it just reminds me of like the early 2000s, like going to shows and seeing bands mess up and not sound great. And like, because like this song in particular, it's it's really rough sounding like the vocals, like are, it, it all sounds like it was recorded live.
0: I I agree and, and uh, unfortunately we yeah. didn't find out much beyond them recording it but mm-hmm. uh it is one of the very few recordings they ever did outside of either Phoenix or Los Angeles they recorded this in New uh, York uh oh, okay. for a 7-inch and my gut says that they recorded it while they were on tour and so I we yeah. talk about on the episode I kind of doubt they did any tracking they probably recorded it I bet they were in live. like a live room yep. yeah
5: it was out a place... That, that's that's how I feel about it, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, gosh, what was it called? Uh, I'll pull up my show notes. Um, the Rare Book Room, and it was recorded by this guy, Steve Revette or Revit. Uh mm. And um, there are demos that were recorded of this back in the Static Prevails days. Yeah. And this never made it to Static. So my guess is this and Speed Read... They were like, we've got these two songs. Let's just lay them down real quick on tour and uh, right. and do this split seven inch with Jejun. Um So uh, so, yeah, it, I agree. Their live performances of this song mm-hmm. around the time that it was released on that seven inch sound almost identical. So uh, yeah, them exactly. recording it live <laughs> would not be a surprise to me.
5: Yeah, I think especially just because like Jim's vocals are so rough on it. Like, it just sounds like it's, it's a one take Jake kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but I, I think that's that's part of the thing that I love about it is because like on on record, generally, Jimmy World is very clean and like polished. But then you hear this song and you're like, oh, man, like if this had like even clarity production on it, like this would be even more of an all timer and probably more so for like a casual fan and not just us dieharders. You right. Know? Yeah. But
0: but then do we get yeah. that 30 seconds of feedback at the end or not? <laughs> right <You> now <laughs> yeah
5: yeah it's uh man it's a great song though like i love i love everything about it and like when i did the cover of it um my my original idea was to try to make like the cleanest um most polished cover of it that i could like and stay true to the way that they did it just so that i would have some sort of recording of that song sounding cleaner you know yeah but but then i i started just uh playing around on my acoustic and came up with like the main riff that I put on it and I was like, all right, this is actually cooler. And like and also like who am I to like make a more polished Jimmy World song? <laughs> well
0: know, like, I, 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 I well sound, yeah. I I and I appreciate that sentiment for sure. We obviously yeah. found some other covers where people did cover it pretty faithfully. I'll send you one. It's mm-hmm. this guy we're assuming lives in LA because he's got an I love LA t-shirt and a LA football uh-huh. club sticker on his base. But he did it might be what you're looking for. Oh, all it's right. really yeah, so well too. done. And he did the very one man band type of thing where he's in a cool. room. I think it was a quarantine uh, recording, too, where he's put himself in a split screen scenario. He did yeah. an amazing job. But then I surprised Justin with your cover, which I love. And it reminds me when we did the one of the Blink 182 comps. I submitted mm-hmm. an acoustic cover of Sober, which is almost a completely reimagining of the song the way yours is. Yeah. And right. it was this it was sort of the same thing. And I was going to ask you if it was a song that you had written already. And then, like you said, you it was like recorded it song. the night before. You were like, oh, I'll just take this music and sing this song over it. <laughs> but it sounds like you just wrote the riff specifically for this. You never went back to it.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think. I think this might, because, like, on those compilations, there was a lot of times where I was definitely, like, the last one, and, like, I was up, like recording, or even writing and recording a cover, like, the night before. And so I think this is one of them. But, like, I, I don't think I actually had the riff until I started, like, messing with this song more, because I didn't know what to do. Because I, I was like, I'm not going to do the polished version. I'll just do, like, an acoustic one. And then I just kind of uh, tried to be, like, american football or something and just oh make, i like, hear a that little yeah a little picky kind of acoustic thing
0: i hear that I, I always
5: thought i was like whenever i did those covers like i thought it was more fun to do it with like whatever music i wrote for it and then just like put the vocal melody of the original on top of it basically right. so like it's just always completely different music with familiar <laughs> melodies and stuff thought I always thought that was like more fun to do than just like a straight cover.
0: It is. And I think yours is, I think it's funny. You, I think you definitely accomplished at least in hindsight, what you see you accomplished. I do see the American football influence, a little bit of dashboard. um, Yeah. And uh, uh, it reminded me of like, uh, I want to say age six racer or something. uh, Chris does similar picking style. um, Yeah. To, uh, to your cover. So I think it's great. And then, Jimmy Eat World goes on and continues to perform this song. Now, the most recent performance they did was for their 25th anniversary and before that it had been a while, but uh I assume right. you've heard their Clarity 10 uh version of this. Uh Yeah, lock. guess what? I was there, baby. Oh, uh, that's right. It was in Phoenix <laughs> and I was there, but we didn't know yeah. each other then. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah.
5: I forgot we had that little connection too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude i i drove down from utah with my little brother and we went and uh we were just in arizona for like 24 hours and then drove back
0: yeah that's so cool yeah we went we went i have some family that lives in phoenix and some friends that live in phoenix and uh and so we had a place to stay we got to go to the show with a couple friends that knew the area and uh and yeah it was a good old time Um, we we
5: knew nobody and it was before like gps like i printed out all the map quest (laughs) directions And, like, and uh, we, like, obviously, I I didn't know where we were, and so we got a a hotel in Flagstaff,
2: which turns out to be, like, a
5: million miles away from Phoenix.
2: Yeah, it's like two and a half hours, yeah.
5: (laughs) Dude, we were exhausted, and, like, I was trying so hard not to fall asleep to get us back to that hotel. It was... It was quite the adventure. Yeah. Flagstaff is amazing like amazing time.
0: It's funny because the band has a lot of ties to Flagstaff. They uh, they uh, Jim had lived in Flagstaff for a while. They played a bunch of shows up in Flagstaff, but it's mm-hmm. like such a blip on the map. I played a show in yeah. Flagstaff in a room that was no bigger than this edit bay that I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like the uh, size of Flagstag, exactly, uh, Flagstaff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, man. What a cool story. That's fun. And, I mean, you yeah. know, it probably was terrible at the time, but it's f- fun to look back on. Yes, completely. Um,
5: but yeah, I forgot that they played that at that show. I, I don't think I knew that song very well at that point. So I probably, like, obviously, I didn't appreciate it. But
0: is there a moment that you it. remember that this song sort of clicked for you? For,
5: yeah, this song, um, I think it was, I don't have like a specific moment, but there was, it was when I was listening to, um, so I, I got into them with Bleed American and then moved backwards. And so, Listen to Clarity and fell in love with Clarity. And that's like top three album for me now. And then, um but then like, as I was like, you know, downloading songs from Kazaa or whatever, <laughs> I was, I found this one and I was just like, I was like, Oh, this is like, like a punk song. Like this is an awesome, <laughs> like punk rock song. And I, and I was very into like the punk rock stuff back then. So I think it just like stuck with me that yeah. way. Yeah. And I was like a good, like, Like, uh, it's not necessarily like a breakup song, but I was like a good, uh, you know, like sad song. (laughs) Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's cool. We talk about like the imagery. Jim's so great at painting imagery. And we sort of go back to that a lot when we're analyzing the lyrics. And it definitely feels like uh, my interpretation was uh, uh, a guy and a girl are getting in an argument And he storms out and is driving away and is thinking of all the better things he would have come back at with all the things she was saying to him. Um, Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, at the end, he's basically hyping himself up to get over it and move on. Um, Yep.
5: Yeah. And I I thought that like when I was doing my cover, I was going through the lyrics and I felt like it worked really well as like a slower acoustic kind of ballad song just because of the lyrics of it too. that was another reason I I changed it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And finally, uh, they're doing the Phoenix Sessions now. Uh, When this episode comes out, uh, Surviving Will Have Already Happened. I assume you're at least going to one, if not all three of them.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing Clarity and Futures. Nice.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm excited about it. And uh, there was no VIP option for unless you did all three right. So you're not doing the virtual meet and greets or anything like that? No, I'm not. Are you doing that? We did. Yeah, I did mine uh, a couple days ago. Justin did his yesterday. And you you get two minutes with the band. Jim, I think, had like uh, some control over it. So like if you were sort of like on a tangent or they were like feeling it, you could see he was adding like 20 seconds here, 20 seconds there. So, yeah, like we got almost three minutes. Justin got almost three minutes. And uh, and it's fun. There's a Jimmy World Facebook like fans Facebook group Uh, like one of the Mm -hmm. two reasons I'm even still on Facebook and uh, everybody's been sharing their videos there and it's so fun to see everybody's interaction with the band and it definitely makes you feel like you only have two plus minutes with them Uh, Mm -hmm. at the end you obviously feel like you're kicking yourself I could have done x y or z or said all these other things but everybody's in the same boat And the band very much seems to get it. Like they don't seem off put by anybody. They have the same energy with everybody. So it's been really uh, fun to sort of see it all play out that way.
5: That's really cool. Are you going to put like the audio into the podcast?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think what we'll probably do, not this episode, but the the next week. So when we record on Monday, it's a terrible song. Anyways, this cover that they did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When we do that, we'll probably talk about, yeah, our, our, calls and then we'll probably do a patreon episode where we sort of uh talk about the uh the first uh session so yeah it should be a nice. fun a fun time we're very excited so that's um, awesome outside of that is there anything else about this song that you remember want to regale about or uh
5: um i uh, i mean not really i there there was i saw uh, i think somebody tweeted saying that they might be playing this song for the Phoenix sessions. Did you, have you
0: seen that? I, I want to say I saw that, but it's... Yeah, it's,
5: it was, um, let's see. I'm going to see if I can find it. I think, uh, who who said it? It must have if been... If it was somebody
0: in the band, I would guess Zach.
5: Yeah, it was Zach. Yep, it was Zach. Yeah, because somebody said, like, we want you to play uh, what I would say to you now. And also that's another, let's, let's put a a note in this. So I always thought it was what I would say to you now because there's no punctuation in it, but then it's, but then some things say, it's called what would I say to you now? And I feel like that needs a question mark. Correct.
2: (laughs) And I've always
5: been so confused.
0: I asked Zach about that before we recorded this past or yeah, this past Monday, or this was Uh last Monday um and uh and he said it was likely a typo because on every pressing before the japan release of singles it was what uh-huh. i would say to you now and then okay. on clarity live it's what i would say to you now but right. uh on, <laughs> on cert on the uh, on a couple of the static prevails re-releases it's the typo version and on that japan singles it's the typo version so then i checked ASCAP. cap And ASCAP Uh has that they registered both versions. So I assume it was cheaper for them to re-register the second name than it was for them to reprint a bunch of import CDs.
5: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, That's so funny. Because, yeah, I always, I thought I was, like, being Mondalid or something. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what is this song called? (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Nobody knows. Yeah, I
5: think, but anyways, somebody on Twitter was, uh, like, asked them to play it or like to do a new recording of it or something and and Zach mentioned that they did. Oh, yes, like
0: yes, 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 he very coyly said we might have already done that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah,
5: exactly. So I wonder if that I wonder if he means that they just recorded it for these Phoenix sessions or yeah. Uh, if they actually re-recorded it. Yeah, which, it'll
0: be interesting. I my guess would be that they would yeah. do it with clarity. Um yeah, because that would be my guess too. I believe somebody was asking Rick what else they were going to play. And he was like, no, it's just going to be surviving straight through, uh, for this mm-hmm. Friday. So, um, that do think they're going to
5: play, uh, you think they're going to play the whole goodbye sky Harbor.
0: I really hope so. I imagine that this is uh, Remember, What was the streaming service that the, they did during, in 2009? It was like live. What was the, there was some stream streaming chat thing not like chat roulette but sort of like where they could just start a webcam and they uh-huh. had uh mic'd everything and put the mixer into the webcam and uh played uh-huh. clarity in full in their studio and they play I mean obviously on that tour they were doing all of goodbye sky harbor I I imagine yeah. that they're going to do that for clarity Yeah. Again. Yeah, I hope so.
5: Cuz I think when we saw them in Phoenix I think they did like a, like an eight minute version or something. Yeah. It wasn't like,
0: Oh yeah. I see what you're asking. Yeah. I, I, my guess is that they would do that longer version than they normally do, but yeah, probably not the entirety of uh, the 16 minute, 13 second uh, deal.
5: We, my, my wife and I were uh, on a drive like a couple months ago and I put, I put Claire, actually, no, it was, we were driving back from like my mom's on Christmas and uh, I was playing Jimmy, World, or I was playing Clarity and she, it got to uh, Goodbye Sky Harbor and I, I didn't say anything, but I just like let it go, the whole song. And then, cause I was like waiting for her to react to like how long it is. But when it she went through the whole thing and when it was over, she was like, she was like, what the heck? Like that was like the longest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, I know. It's like, I was waiting for you to say something. And then you put you Constantine
0: did. on and then you put the decline on. And they-
5: <laughs> yeah. It's like this whole drive is going to be four songs. It's yeah. <laughs> 40 minute drive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's I cool, it, man. Uh, but she's a fan too. Your wife.
5: Yeah. She likes, she likes Jimmy Rolls. She came and saw them with me uh, a couple years ago. Actually we might've seen them twice together now. I can't remember. We see them every time they come here though, to Salt Lake. Yeah. And, uh, like even, so like with me and Jimmy world, like I'm one of those guys who likes the new, the older stuff more than the new stuff. Yeah. But, but anytime they're here, I, I know I have to go see them. Cause like, they're so good at putting set lists together where they, they cater to everybody.
0: Absolutely. We saw them in 2018 here in LA and they busted out thinking that's all. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. this is
5: cool. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like they're like blink is in a similar situation where like they play the old and the new but they kind of like stick to like one set list generally yeah but Jimmy World like kind of strays from that sometimes and let throw in like a random deep cut
0: and, yeah absolutely
5: and I, I love that
0: thoroughly appreciated yeah well Brad like, where can I people did... find you on the internet man
5: oh I'm I'm on the internet uh <laughs> I'm on I'm on Facebook <laughs> but uh, I don't know I so I have this band called Frick and people can uh, go to like a band called Frick.com and and uh, I'm on there. My music's on there. Um, and would you say yeah, recommended if you
0: like Jimmy Eat World or what would you uh, compare it to? No,
5: it's it, I mean, it's I guess it's like it's like lo-fi, fast punk stuff. So it's more like Descendants kind oh, of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, no song is over two minutes long. You know, it's just trashy, punky stuff. So I guess it's kind of like the, the singles album.
0: (laughs) That's cool. I feel like you were toying with this idea when we did the short songs compilation on chorus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
5: Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun. I started doing it during this quarantine thing. Um, there was like one day where I was like, I'm just going to write a whole EP and record it and release it all in one day. And so I just did four songs in one day and released it that night.
0: Dude, that's awesome. And,
5: uh, yeah, and so I've just been doing stuff since then. So I've done, like, 20 songs since, like, October for this thing. That's but awesome.
0: It's a good feeling, yeah, right? It's,
5: yeah, it's fun. It's it's nice keeping myself busy while I'm just at home 24-7. Yeah. yeah, Working I, from
0: home, so it's, you know. It's tough, man. It's, uh, it's
5: tough, but at least I can pick up my guitar when I'm, you know, not funny. on a call or whatever and, and write some songs.
0: That's right. Well, Brad, I appreciate you coming on the show. You're welcome on anytime if there's another song that you want to wax poetic on. Um, Sounds good to me, dude. Please feel free. Awesome. Thanks so much, man.
2: Yeah.